Welcome to a bonus episode of Making Senses. Jeff leaves the picture right there. We're going to be talking about an article in The Economist that is titled Wild Claims. A popular measure of America's economic health has become pretty useless. Which measure? Why is it useless? What does Jeff really think about it? He's going to hear it live right after I tell you, friends, that you're probably, what What are you doing? You're probably listening to this podcast. Did you know that you can watch it? Yes, you can also watch it as a video on YouTube. You'll find Making Sense at the Alhambra Investments channel. You'll also find it in the Emil Kalinowski channel. And that's it. That's all I wanted to let you guys know. I'm now joined by Jeff Snyder, a man that has watched all 718 episodes of America's Funniest Home Videos and the head of global research for Alhambra Investments. Jeff, yeah, I don't know if I've seen all 718, but my, my kids have seen a fair, men, a fair amount of them. I love them. I love them. I thought they were hilarious. And then you remember the season ending one where they would do the best, most funny, most incredible video and everyone would dress up and it was a good show. Anyhow. No one knows that. No one, no one that's young. What? Only old people like us. Let me read. You jump in, Jeff, at any point. Quote, by the way, it's not a, it's, where is this? It's in The Economist, and it's their March 27th, April 2nd edition. And it's not even a particular columnist. It's just a little box off to the side. Here it is. In the past year, pundits have closely tracked America's jobless claims data published every Thursday by the Department of Labor to show how many people are newly claiming unemployment insurance. These data once provided invaluable insights. Yet, in the current crisis, more people are starting to realize their limitations. Somebody seeking unemployment insurance benefits must file a claim with a state employment office. The claims data were useful early in the pandemic. They are published with a lag of only a few days. So that gave an insight into the economic collapse of last March and April, long before the monthly jobs report. In those two months, claims data suggested about 30 million Americans had filed for unemployment insurance, in line with later figures on job losses with the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Yet, in the past year, more than 80 million applications have been filed for state UI unemployment insurance. Were all applications unique, the data would imply that 50% of American workers had lost their pre-pandemic job. Really? About 20 million Americans remain on some form of UI, twice the number officially classified as unemployed. Initial claims for the state UI have fallen from the heights of last spring, but even now, over 700,000 claims are being filed each week, more than at the height of the financial crisis of 2007 and 9. Are they, are they actually expressing skepticism that that actually means something? I mean, I'm trying to figure out where they're going with this, and it sounds Here, like they're saying yeah, it yeah. can't have possibly have been 80 million Americans filing for claims. I don't think anybody actually believes that because what happened was, what likely happened is that one person probably filed more than one claim multiple claims because look you got laid off early in the pandemic you were brought back 
because the business owner thought things were, you know, the reopening was going to lead to good times again, the V-shaped recovery. Then you were laid off again when the summer slowdown happened. And then you were brought back because more stimulus checks went. And then you were laid off again. So there, it could have been that you could have filed four different jobless claims in the space of six months because you hadn't exhausted all your benefits. I mean, you were only on unemployment a little while, and so why wouldn't you do this repeatedly? And it's a measure of labor market churn as, it mu as much as it is anything else. And labor market churn that involves unemployment claims as part of that churn is negative churn because, you know, some churn is normal. People leave and people get laid off. People leave. People quit. There's all sorts of reasons. And you don't always go on unemployment. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't. There's a structural level of unemployment in the, in the economy. There's a structural level of good churn. But a high level, correspondingly high level of jobless claims, initial claims, especially last year, I mean, why wouldn't we expect a single person to file multiple claims throughout the entire year? I mean, that's not a surprise. Is it? Is that really a surprise to anyone? I'm worried that they may be throwing the baby out with the bathwater because yeah. of that 50% of everyone's unemployed, 80 million. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't I know anybody who would actually think that. I, I mean, honestly, nobody thinks that half of Americans were laid off like and nobody. I mean, no, no. Uh, but I think the 700,000 weekly claims is much more yes. important and realistic. And what I think is about to happen is they're going to say the 80 million people and 50% of the workforce. It's unreliable. So now we, they, now we don't have to pay attention to the 700,000. Right. It's a, it's, it's a, it's I, a I, logical I, fallacy. Then it's not an argument. Well, I, I oranged and highlighted the whole article, except for this section. But then I underlined and circled this section that we're about to get to. So I All think right, this, is the, <laughs> this is the fireworks, I, I believe. But of course, I can't remember because that was a few days ago. It is possible the claims data reveal that America's labor market is doing far worse than other statistics show. More likely, what other statistics yeah. for those. That's, I mean, none of the labor statistics are good. There's, I, yeah, we're, we're encountering bias here that doesn't belong. Turbulence. It, no, and they're, they're using this 80 million thing as confirmation bias of a pre prejudged position. It is possible that claims data reveal that America's labor market is doing far worse than other statistics show. More likely, the data themselves are flawed. Why? Early in the crisis, wonks warned that initial claims data would run high long after actual job losses had fallen because state UI offices were catching up on backlogged applications. A paper from a paper last year from the Federal Reserve said, quote, errant claim duplication may inflate official tallies. Some state offices have made it easier for people working reduced hours rather than not at all to claim UI. All right, that's reasonable. The government has also allowed more people, including the self-employed and gig economy workers, to be eligible for payments. Another source of distortion could be widespread fraud. No one knows. Those things are all true, by the way. I mean, California is a perf perfect example. They shut down their unemployment claims. They stopped tailing them. When was that? November, October, November. I forget exactly when, because millions had fraudulent claims had gone through the system. So that's absolutely true. But as you said, they're, you know, I think they're trying to they're trying to devalue in your mind jobless claims because of these irregularities when 
they're I think they're starting from a wrong premise. Because what 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 labor market data isn't awful? I mean, even even Jay Powell says we're only halfway back, and halfway back a year later is not good. That's not good because we went down so far. Halfway back is still more more or is still a bigger jobs gap than there had ever been during the 2008-2009 recession. We still have fewer jobs than we should have today than at the worst parts of the crisis. So, I mean, most of the labor market data, if you look at it honestly and objectively, it's it kind of does look like jobless claims. There's a problem here, and there's a big problem here. And it may be what the message should have been from the economists is that, yeah, there's this other stuff. There's new stuff going on. The the, the 2020 pandemic gave uh, you know new problems that have arisen, and we know that. So maybe we don't know exactly. We don't know precisely how big the problem is. But to say that oh we don't know precisely means we don't know there there, there probably isn't a problem. That's just going way way too far. And, and I think it's 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 a it's a product of bias than anything else. It's certainly not a product of honest analysis, because the. Jobless claims data, as I went through a couple of weeks ago, I matched jobless claims data to jolts to the establishment survey, and you can see there's a great deal of consistency in each one of those very separate data series that says, yes, things are getting better, but that doesn't mean things are good. And you also do it to other non-jobs data. I mean, the graphs I'm thinking about are that kind of V that turned into a... Like a check mark, right? A backward yeah, check mark. And then I think don't you include oil or like oil supply and you do, you include different various measures that have nothing to do with jobs that all show the sort of V-shaped recovery. Oh, summer slowdown. Well, sideways. Right. And it's okay. all, you know, the very consistent picture, which is that, look, we had a big recession and then an only a partial rebound. Now, maybe it's and again, I think that's what the article should have said is that, look, jobless claims are. They're not as precise as they may have been before. And so we, ha- we have to take them with a very small grain of salt that says, okay, we look at 700,000. That's probably bad. We don't know how bad. Jeff, there's only once two sentences left. And I feel bad that I'm going to read this to you because I know it's, it's going to set you off. It's just too much. And I feel bad about it. I just want you to calm yourself. I want to know if your blood pressure is okay. Here it is. No one knows the biggest reason why claims are so absurdly high, but this much is... I'm, I'm going to laugh and say, I mean, no one, we couldn't possibly know. But this much is clear, Jeff Snyder, head of global research for Alhambra Partners, that's in there. To get the measure of, um, to get the measure of America's labor market, look elsewhere. Well, that yeah. means that, yeah, I mean, it's just... It was implicit for a while, like, you know, maybe we shouldn't look at this, but then it ends with, don't believe this, that it's so high week after week. But is it that high, though? Recently, no, the numbers have not been that high. Have so. fallen. They have fallen significantly over the last few weeks, and there's, they're, they're less than 600,000 now, which suggests further improvement, which I'm sure if The Economist wrote a different article today, they would say, oh, you need to be looking at jobless claims and only jobless claims. I'm going to be on the lookout for that one. And the audience. No, and I think, you know, the overriding message it. has always been this. This is these are unique circumstances. So we have to take a broader survey of any kind of labor, whether it's job labor, uh, job employment, labor, uh, participation, employment labor data. force. Yeah, anything, whatever it is, if they, even if it's you know, uh, any other kinds of data, you know, 
high frequency, low frequency, whatever it is, you know, these are unique circumstances and we have to look, we have to look at them somewhat skeptically, somewhat skeptically. But even as we do, a very consistent picture emerges from each and every single one of them, which is sharp downturn and only partial recovery. And that partial recovery has, has been maintained for what is now, what, eight months, nine months since the reopening started, which suggests altogether, not just one data point or another, altogether that at least something has is preventing a more complete full recovery, which can be any number of things. You could say, oh, that's COVID, continued restrictions, pandemic, whatever. I think it has a lot more to do with the fact that we destroyed a lot of the economic capacity of these various systems unwisely. And there's also liquidity, money, the euro dollar system, those things pre create uh, changes in behavior, all sorts of structural things. So, I mean, whatever you want to assign as, in, as far as causation, it is absolutely perfectly clear that like jobless claims, we've only had a partial rebound from the bottom, which is since it was such a deep bottom, a partial rebound is just nowhere near good enough. Jeff, earlier you mentioned that there, each and every one of these measures is signaling what you just said, uh, partial rebound. I haven't seen it in your work, but maybe I've missed something. Is there a clearly unambiguous positive recovery or reflation metric either in labor, in America's labor market, or in any other monetary measure that you're aware of? Or no, there is clearly unambiguously positive that we can look to. The only thing that's really that's insanely positive is uh, good spending in the United States, because you look at, you know, the GDP numbers that came out before the PC numbers that came out today, you know, good spending in the, in the first quarter of 2021 was about 20% higher than it was at the peak. So it went way down and then good spending has gone way, way up. I mean, enormous numbers. And you see all sorts of things that are that are responding to that, you know, whether it's imports, shipping, trade, at least inbound trade to the United States that are suggesting, oh, my God, the U.S. economy is exploding. But that's just goods. And then you look at services and the services is worse than the jobless claims numbers, which is, OK, Americans who aren't able to go out to their local restaurant are simply sitting home and buying stuff on Amazon. And so that's not a rebound or recovery. That's a distortion. And a lot of that distortion is being fueled by Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam is paying people, even Transfers. people who were, not, who were not harmed by the recession. And so they're acting in ways they would never have acted before, nor should we count on those, those that kind of behavior sticking around for a very long period of time, which is why I think production production levels look more like jobless claims than they do actual U.S. consumer spending. Just, producers are not expecting this to be anything more than a temporary distortion either. And so you know, if we're looking at, again, jobless claims are not inconsistent. It's the goods spending numbers that are. And we know why that's the case, because that's the government transferring money into people's pockets. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you come across any articles, they don't have to be something that Jeff would disagree with. For example, about a month ago, we did a Paul Krugman piece where Jeff agreed in reasonable part with what uh, The Economist was writing in The New York Times. If you come across any brief column essays in the financial press that you think Jeff would react to in an interesting way, share how his view differs from the mainstream media, let me know at Emil Kalinowski on Twitter. And you know what? You can also let Jeff know at Jeff Snyder underscore AIP. Normally you don't respond, Jeff, but 
I saw you respond to someone on Twitter. And I believe they triggered you because they said that, oh yeah, that's just the bond market. And then you responded and listed all the other things that were signaling some sort of distress. Jeff, I've been following you on Twitter forever. I believe that was your first response to anyone on Twitter. Am I wrong? Or do you even remember? Were you in a may, comatose they, maybe state? Maybe not the fir- first, one in, first one in a very long time. And I, it's just, I only saw that comment by, by accident. So <laughs> it won't happen again. But I just thought that, hey, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> well, maybe we can sell it as an NFT, a truly rare occurrence in social media. All right, Jeff, good show. I'll talk to you next week. All right, take care, Emil.